Dust off your starter jackets, rip off those tearaways, blow on those game cartridges. I'm Simon Barnett, I mean Blandford. I'm Pat Sellers, and we wish it was the 90s. Come one, come all. Welcome to Cringe Factor, 90s edition. This is our second Cringe Factor episode, and the first was, of course, uh, the infamous Barry Moore. I'm doing a cover of See You When You Get There and Everybody by Backstreet Boys. So go back through the archives to have a look at that. This one is, well, we're going to discuss how 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 cringy this one is at the end, Pat, and it's, it's up there. We're going to have a link in the description of the YouTube link of this. And of course it is 1996 New Zealand television iconic game show, Telly Bingo. Now before we get started, just watch one minute of it it's car crash tv at its finest i dare you dare you to stop watching after one minute it's too bad to turn away um and so before we do anything click on that link watch one minute watch the bizarre weird intro and watch the car crash that is simon barnett unfold um pat what are your memories of this tour de force of a show my memories are mostly that opening line of don't watch that watch this <laughs> when you sent that video out i immediately went i remember that but i don't really remember telly bingo but i definitely remember that start and that thing which was outstanding um, but then, yeah, after watching uh, the full episode, I was like, I'm pretty sure that my family participated in this, which, you know, features a bit of, you know, a bit of low level gambling, which, you know, family would love as well. Um, but this, just like the last Cringe Factory episode, kind of watched it going, how the fuck are we going to make a podcast out of this? <laughs> and it's just been like running through my head all day. Same again, I only watched it today and it's just been running through my head and just, I've got, I've got too many questions about this show now. <laughs> it's doing the same thing for me. So uh, I'm glad we let the dust settle on Barrymore and brought it back for the Simon Barnett. Yeah, I mean, my memories are just what, basically my grand and granddad's house, when we'd stay there, we'd watch it. Um, or maybe we had a rugby training at North Park and they live right over the fence so I think we just go there and watch Tally Bingo and they love loved Lotto just you know yeah so they are participating yeah absolutely participating with their red highlighters fun. yeah absolutely so basically the concept of the show I'm not going to bore you with it but it's kind of a game show going on but at the same time people at home are filling out a bingo card based on mm. the numbers that come up during the game show um and they've kind of fused game shows with lotto type shit <laughs> that's right david yeah 
so it starts, the game show stops after a while and they say, okay, four, four corners stops now and people get money if they've got the four corners on their game card. Then there's an X or a cross and again, the game stops and 300 people have an X and that's worth $300 each and then actually someone at home, some lucky person, wins $100,000 once they fill out their telly bingo card at home. So the computers were obviously advanced enough to figure out you know, when people had won and how many people had four corners and cross and stuff. Um, yeah, not yeah. a bad little concept. Not a bad little concept. Um, it's a great concept. Yeah, I reckon the concept's really good. Yeah, I'd be I'd be keen to you know make a little family night of telly bingo, introduce you know, the the youngsters to gambling. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can get involved, and it's a game show. So I'm I'm surprised that uh, didn't hold on. I think it finished in what two thousand. Yeah, I am also surprised. I think there's absolutely room for a comeback. I think I'd be I'd be keen to get back into a bit of casual gambling and um yeah, you know, my two loves gambling and quizzes. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah, there you go. I was just thinking um about one of our other uh podcast genres where we normally do a recast. Um this this might sort of dictate what you say about Simon Barnett later, but I reckon um if they revived it, giving the hosting jobs to uh, Simon Blandford might not be a, a bad shout. I reckon <laughs> I was getting That's some it. real Blandford vibes out of uh, Barnett at times. <laughs> hey, I loved him as a kid. I, he was just a better-looking version of me, so I loved him. I absolutely loved him. What a um, talent. What a talent, absolutely. Anyway, the contestants. We'll start off with these contestants. Now, mm. Simon introduced himself to these contestants. Now, you already, you've already watched this, I'm sure, at home. But it's just an absolute shambles and just bizarre. Dean. what Dean is the, the uploader of this video, Dean Sol. His big bit, important bit of information that he wants to share with New Zealand is that he wants to have four children. Yeah. Simon's like, Dean, I hear, I hear you want to have four kids. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a really odd start. Did you just say he's the uploader of this video? Dean, the champion, is the uploader of this video on YouTube. Oh, wow. So he must have had it on VHS and he's like, oh, this is, you know, I'm going to make my 15 minutes of fame really last and get it on YouTube. That's outstanding. Might have to talk to mum about her appearance on um, The Price is Right, see if she's got that and get her to upload it. Tracy-esque from the castle experience on The Price is Right. 100%. She, was, she would have been sporting a very similar haircut too. <laughs> um, Sharon. Sharon, we learn, is into Taekwondo. Kickboxing or what was her name? What's her name? Sharon? I don't know. She was hardly on it. She, um, she might have answered two questions the entire show. <laughs> like, <laughs> she, she was silent the entire time. First of all, it was Sharon. I've just consulted mm. my YouTube clip. It was, yeah. And she waited 20 minutes, 20 show minutes, to buzz her buzzer and got the one buzz wrong. Yeah, yeah. Just Sharon wasting her time. Um, yeah. Poor Sharon, you wait for your 15 minutes and you buzz your buzzer once and you get it wrong and you're labelled a prep and that's the game. <laughs> Whereas our other mate went the exact opposite way. <laughs> He's on his buzzer constantly. I don't think I've ever seen anyone get that many incorrect answers on any game show since Joey Triviani. 
he's just maniacally grinning the whole time as well. Like every time he get, he knows he's just jumped in too soon. A big criticism of the game, by the way, is they're not they don't punish them enough for a wrong answer. You gotta you gotta punish big time because they just him and Dean are just trying to manipulate and uh, monopolize the buzzer. Um, yeah. So this was one question I had about the game. Yeah. Is so if you're marking the numbers at home. You know how, like, each question there's like a number that comes up, and so you're going to mark it off your little thing at home. Do you only mark them off when they get them right, or is it just regardless? Nah, regardless. Okay, because otherwise I was thinking, geez, Dean's saved the show here because yep. <laughs> otherwise this show is going to go for five hours with Sharon and Michael not getting any of the answers right. <laughs> Yeah, Michael saying that a, Br- a Brumby was a person from Birmingham was a real highlight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah there was that one. There was, there was two absolute rippers. Um, it was that, and then there was, um, what is Scrumpy made from? And if you're not from New Zealand, Scrumpy is a very popular litre plastic bottle of apple cider. What is it made from? His answer was an alcoholic drink. Poor and just maniacally grinning the whole time. I love Michael. Just unbelievable. Seems like, seems like a nice girl. My, my comments on Michael, I wrote down, he looked like uh, a uh, specific IT staffer back in our uh, school stream at high school who uh, went by the name Keys. Um, it was, he was quite short-lived there. He was sacked after they found some uh, objectionable materials on his computer. Um, but that's where you get in Catholic education. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't cast. But he did. He did remind me a lot of old Keezy. <laughs> um, so the show begins, and Simon comes out. Simon Barnett comes out, and it's obviously a live show, right? It has to be live, broadcast live. But is it a fake audience? Well, I've got some questions about the audience, but he comes out yeah. to, to, to applause. So there's at least ten to twenty people in the audience, um, possibly, and. He t- talks about, for some reason, the AMP AMP show that he went to in the weekend in Christchurch. <laughs> it goes for nearly a minute. It's got no relevance to most of the country of New Zealand or the show. There's no reaction at all from the crowd throughout the entirety of the story. Not a laugh, not an aww, oh, not a gasp. It was boring, pointless, unfunny. Apart from that, it was fantastic. And at one point, he asked the studio <laughs> audience, he's like, uh, that, that sounded like a lot of fun, guys. Just two seconds of absolute silence, and he goes, It is, yeah, yeah. There was a couple of non reactions, and I was like, Are they just like bored watching this, or is there no audience and they've only queued up the claps for certain times? I think there is a live audience because they do the odd reaction at a few other random ah, okay, times. Okay, yeah, I have to go for a rewatch after this and try and find them at the end of that AMP show story. He says, uh, there's lots of sheep there, and that's why the Australians love it. And I was like, is, what, was, is that like a bestiality joke? Or I, I, don't, I don't know what he was doing with that. Like, I just have no idea what that A&P story was, what the point of it was. And uh, He seemed to know a lot about sheep to make that crack as well, so I don't really know where he was going. He was, like, naming different types of sheep, I think. I don't know. He was. No, he did. The Romneys. The Romneys. Um, I only know Merino and sheep. Have you got anything else on that? 
that intro part? Because I've got a few other things in the intro part. Have you, you know, anything on Ingrid or anything like that? I uh, just enjoyed uh, Ingrid Mole's uh, entrance. She's got an extremely strong New Zealand accent. Oh, um, she could only be challenged by uh, Jenny Sellers. Mum, I think, with a <laughs> real, real twang. <laughs> but uh, she's got the the low tone as well. She's uh, she's yep. a like a hundred percent like exactly what you think of as a '90s New Zealand sort of presenter, yep. uh, especially in tone. She kills it. It's great. Um, but he does uh, he does shred her straight away for mentioning the fellas up north they're like he must make all those cracks all the cracks all the time because straight away she goes it's not what you think <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and like she inexplicably asks him when he when she comes out she's like how was your weekend Simon's like we had a great weekend and then she's like yeah, as if he's telling her like a family member died. Like the reactions, just the, it's like he's not actually even listening to him. And then they talk about a Michael Jackson concert. Oh, I missed the Michael Jackson concert. Um, I think <laughs> I was just Michael laughing Jack- at uh... Michael Jackson concert. And then Simon, she asks Simon Barnett, aka David Brent, if he's able to moonwalk, and he does it. Oh, in that oversized suit. Yeah, we saw a live moonwalk from Simon Barnett. Probably not anymore. <laughs> Um, and then just on those introductions, when he leaves the Sharon introduction, when he say when she says she's been in Taekwondo or something, he's just butchering every line. He can't even speak. He walks along and he says, "Oh, nice, nice, nice of you, uh, black belt in uh, Macrami." <laughs> they just make up. Yeah, he was really hard to even figure out what he was trying to say, and then he like has like sort of tries to crack jokes that just are just random words put together, basically. <laughs> he's like, what were you dr- going to do before that? And she said something about wanting to be a rock and roll dancer, and he's just like, oh, he said something. He had a real weird reaction, then laughed, and then moved on to Dino with the big mo. Rock and roll dancing and uh, karate, don't combine those two. <laughs> uh, is that what you know, like, uh, make any sense? <laughs> um, and look, Pat, are you going to, you're going to tell us about the uh, Patella joke. You, you you can do the honours of that, surely. The worst Deepak. joke. Yeah, yeah. He's, I can't, the question was obviously something about um, leg and knee ligaments. And what name is what name is the Patella better known as? Was the question. Yeah, yeah. He's also known as the brother to New Zealand cricketer Deepak Patella. It's a grim joke, eh? It's a grim joke. Deepak Patella. Um, and yeah, of course, Michael getting that wrong was 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 fantastic. Um one Ingrid is at one point like when just on the game show, when there's four corners happen, Ingrid Mole, it's her time to shine. So she comes in and um and explains what the four corners are. You know, if you get four corners mm. in your game sheet, you're a winner. And at one point, there's a medium close-up of poor, and as she'll be from this point known, poor old Ingrid Mole. She's trying to explain four corners. It's a pretty tight shot on her. And Simon just starts inserting random body parts into the shot. Like she's talking <laughs> and like, 
Like his, like <laughs> I just his, decided to go back and see that. His, his, <laughs> thumb just, his, his thumb just appears in the shot, and then like all of a sudden his oversized shoulder pads from his jacket appear in the shot. And Ingrid Moll's yeah. trying to be a professional and just ignore it, and then she finally like passive, passive aggressively says to him, uh, "Am I cramping your style, Simon?" Which, which really translates to you're not the centre of attention for thirty seconds, so you have to come over here and ensure that you are, which is kind of what it seemed like um, to me. It's just unbelievable what a train wreck the like this the production of the show was. Oh. Like they must have had plenty of money. It was run by Lotto. Yep. Like how many times did they fuck up getting the questions and answers wrong? Like they yep. keep giving Michael extra cash because he, he's like answered them wrong. They're like another hundred dollars, and then they have to go back and fix it. <laughs> one point, Barnett gets a phone call, <laughs> apparently, from one of the producers to say that um, Dino had actually got one of the questions right. And it was just after Simon Barnett had also mugged him off for, for thinking that the answer was the Brady Bunch. <laughs> you wouldn't see that on that show. So, oh, your producer's called. You're actually right. Yeah, so we owe you another $100. And, like, <laughs> They get like maybe five questions allocated oh, wrong throughout the show. It's, it's unreal. Eh? That Brady Bunch one. He says the Brady Bunch. The question was, um, which was the first sitcom couple to be featured sharing a double bed, which is like a real yeah, common quiz question. And as you said, he got it right. On the screen, the Brady Bunch option is highlighted green. A loud ding sound is made. Like a positive <laughs> ding sound, like you are correct sound. And then determined to demonstrate his competence, as you say, you know, you'd never see that on the Brady Bunch, Dean. Like, it's just... Maybe he was just like, he thought he knew the answer. It was just his <laughs> confidence as a as a quiz man. So he, is, he is Simon Blanford. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <That's> Matt wrong. <laughs> I know this one. <laughs> it just reminded me of... Um... A condescending George Costanza when the bubble boy on Seinfeld correctly answers the question, who invaded Spain in the 18th, 8th century by saying the Moors? But George patronisingly tells him he's wrong because the misprinted question card says the answer is the moops. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> it was the moops. Oh, that's good stuff. It was, it was just, um, it's just, It's just absolute amateur our way. But mm. um, i tell you what isn't amateur our Pat. And that's Accountants Plus. Oh, absolutely. Do tell. Now, this is a company that's that knows their stuff. They don't make these silly mistakes. And to add to that, our current sponsor, without our knowledge, we actually decided on this this week. And one year ago, there is a comment from Jace on this video saying, Michael has no idea. And Jace hit the nail on the head with that pat. And he'll hit the nail on your head with your accounts as well. Thanks very much to Accountants Plus. Good on you, fellas. Um, Simon Barnett, he just laughs at everything. You know, like inappropriate stuff. He just is constantly laughing. At one point, um, when Dean with a huge mo, what, what, what was that great nickname you gave him, Pat? Sorry. Dean, uh, no, there was. I had one for Michael, which was Keys. Keys, Keys. Well, Dean yeah, with yeah. the with the mo, just he's just a picture of determination and um, just no humour whatsoever. He just laughs at everything, even when it's not appropriate. So there's when Dean wins, there's a shot of one of the prizes, and one of the prizes is a paid vacation to Western Australia. 
And, he, and Simon says to Dean, oh, you'd like the look of that? And then Dean says very sincerely, yes, that would be lovely. And Simon's like, <laughs> <laughs> so, it's just, yeah, that's that's the class of Simon Barnett just shining through. He's really mm. just keeping the ball rolling, keeping keeping everything, you know, fresh and funny. It's just, he's, he's, he's just the best. He's the ultimate nineties host or presenter. Like he, he's got, he's got so much going on. Um, you just got to be trying to come up with one liners constantly. Um, doesn't matter if they fail, laugh at them yourself and move on. <laughs> yeah. Seems and to be the guy. The best part, apart from just like a, snorting Ingrid Mole like no one reacts at all at any point to any of the jokes which is one of the best parts of it I think mm. Mm. Um, what did you think of the prizes oh what that, what was the car the Daihatsu the Daihatsu move you can sleep in it <laughs> that was a selling point it's a hatchback <laughs> and the, the seats fold down they're like you can even sleep in it what? Yeah, <laughs> I suppose yeah, if you're really it. down in your luck, you had maybe might be Michael and Sharon's only go. That has to be the worst car I've ever seen as a prize in any TV yeah. show. You'd take the trip to Aussie over that, wouldn't you? The trip to Aussie was the second tier prize. Yeah, the Daihatsu move was 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 not moving the needle for me. That's for sure. That was, no, that was very no. very average. It looked uh, like one of those little advertising vehicles. Yes, small business would have and have an ad on the side. Yeah, the replacement like, car for your panel beaters. Mm, it's probably why they got it as a prize or got it for free. You know, company would have upgraded, and no sane person would buy one of those to drive around themselves. Um, I've got one other note about Simon and then we can move on to um, if we want a premise of the show stuff or just straight on to Cringe Factor Um, at 10 minutes 30 Simon because Ingrid Moles just been centre stage for a bit so naturally Simon has to retake um, centre stage and he tells this bizarre parachuting joke did you see this, 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 this part about him telling this awful parachuting joke yeah about and he's yelling down. Yeah, um, someone's do you know yelling anything down. about gas barbecues? I was like, I don't even understand what he's trying and, to get at. And as, as I said earlier, it's unclear to all except a snorting Ingrid Mole why it's funny. And this part is it cuts to the contestants, and Dean has the most stoic, unimpressed <laughs> expression. Uh, he doesn't even give Simon a courtesy smirk, eh? He's just absolutely locked in. I think it comes hot off the heels from uh, talking about how old mate Michael slash Keezy. Uh, had been on a couple of hot air balloons. And yes. Simon Barnett says, oh, he's a thrill seeker, our Michael, which is a pretty <laughs> funny dig, to be honest. <laughs> um, general observations. One quick general observation I had was a, a relatively serious one. It does make you realise like how good a job someone like Bradley Walsh does on the chase. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. He's funny yeah, when he needs to appreciate funny. It. He's serious when he needs to be serious. I kind of appreciates the, the the mood for each moment. Mm. Um, so that that was one observation I had for the for the current day. Yeah, well, he's a comedian though, right? Like he's pretty sharp on his feet. Yeah, yeah, he's an experienced character. Mm. Um, so without further, can we move to cringe factor rating? 
Yeah, yeah. Get out the uh, what do you call it? The cringe factometer. And as you said earlier, Pat, what is our scale for the viewers at home? Uh, that would be anywhere from zero to Michael Barrymore's cover of Coolio, or Fantastic. also known as Michael Barrymore um, and cultural appropriation. Um, zero, to, that's so the zero, limit. To yeah. zero to Barrymore. What have you got? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say. If we sort of say that that's a 10, I'd say this would sit around a 7. It's not It's not going to threaten Barry Moore's position. He's definitely holding his own there. Um, yeah. I think there was just a little bit of genuine enjoyment watching this going, I think they could redo this. I reckon I'd play along. Yeah. yeah Especially I when Simon Blanford and Lana Crowcroft dust off the microphones and get out there and present the show. Lana Cocroft. Actually, that's a very good um, very good shout. I mean, she was, was she Wheel of Fortune, I think, Lana, wasn't she? She was originally Wheel of Fortune, then uh, Sports Caf. Absolutely. What a, what a superstar. Yeah, so for me, I, I've gone a little bit higher. I've gone 8 out of 10. 8 out of Barrymore um, in the Cringe Factor rating. Just because Simon Barnett and Ingram Moles, it's not clear they even really like each other. Um, Moles real bitter about him trying to take over her bits, and <laughs> just I had to, I had, I had a little bit lower, but just how terribly, how terribly done it is in the sense that, as we talked about, there's about three questions that are marked correct when it's wrong, or they get it correct and Simon says they're wrong. It's, Live TV ain't nothing like it, so that's why I bumped it up to 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 an eight out of ten, and I just thought in today's today it's a ten out of ten, right? You, I mean, yes, the game show premise is pretty interesting, and and we'd all play along, but if if you if that just randomly came on as a new show now, that's a ten out of ten on the cringe factor. Eh? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's no knock on the cringiness of the show. It's just how good Barry Moore's. Coolio was, um, yeah. Sorry, I'd, I'm I'm putting seven as being quite high. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. But sure. It, yeah, it's, it is fantastic. There's and I just I don't understand how there was that many fuck ups and just operating the quiz part. You'd think that would be the <laughs> hardest part of the show. Like they're live running the numbers to get the tickets all across New Zealand to tell you how many tickets have won at each level. Yeah, and they can't run a quiz. <laughs> And they can't run a basic quiz. Absolutely. So Pat's given a seven. I've given an eight. Let us know uh, what you thought at home. Give us a Get YouTube comment. W-I-W-T-90s. Get on the Instagram. Your Facebooks. Um, and let us know what you think about that one. Episode two of Cringe Factor. We'll be coming out with you with a few more. Uh, my wife suggests Romeo and Juliet, your cluelesses. One of those ones will be uh, coming into your ears very shortly. Anything you want to add before we sign off, Pat? I actually just caught one last question that I'm going to ask you about this before we sign off. Fantastic. Who do you reckon was the worst contestant from like the actual game show perspective? Michael or Sharon? 
Sharon for just answering no questions or Michael for thinking he could answer a thousand of them and getting them all wrong? What's okay, the you, best tactic? You best tactic is Michael's. Yeah. Because at least you've given yourself a chance. And that's why you should they should have been given more of a consequence for like that. Should fifty points for a right answer, hundred for a wrong one. Yeah, you are oh, also well. live on national TV though. <laughs> Nah. You know, just in or, case I end up on a game show, because I don't know anything about anything. Nah, but, I would yeah, I'll take be, your advice would, and I'll buzz away. Yeah, I'd rather be Michael. Sharon, you, you know, you, you show up on national TV once in your life and you answer one question. It's just not, it's not yeah, good enough. true. you got to take the opportunities. you got to take your, your, your day in the sun. Michael can laugh about it at least. Sharon can only look back at that day with deep, deep regrets. <laughs> oh, well... Yeah, go check it out. There's got to be a few more episodes scratching around there somewhere, but I'm stoked yeah. to find out that Dean actually uploaded that as well. That's yeah. uh, that's real top well. stuff. Yeah, and there's plenty up there all downloaded by Dean. He's a, he's a master quizzer uh, with a master personality. And on that note, thanks very much, everybody. Kaki tip.